Hello and welcome. I'm Natalie, your host, and today I want to talk about mental health and jujitsu and the positive effects that jujitsu can have on your mental health. Um, I'm going to talk about the positive effects jujitsu has had on my mental health and on the mental health of others that I see come into the gym day in and day out or into the academy. And uh, I, I was inspired for this podcast by my very good friend and mentor who's been on the podcast with me before, Ciro Dominguez. And Ciro, Ciro's going through it right now. He is, uh, he's got a parent who's aging and is not doing very well health-wise at all. And he calls me and he said, you know, Nat, today was a, today was a tough one. He said, but I got my car and I looked over in my passenger seat and I saw my jiu-jitsu uniform. He said, and it made things just that much better said in it and it really got me thinking he goes you know how do how do people who don't have coping mechanisms like the martial arts like jiu-jitsu in their lives how do they deal how do they handle this and um and he goes you know i don't think mental health is talked about enough um i think it needs more airtime and of course i started talking you know thinking about you and i that's why i'm talking to you and uh, i was like uh, you know, and, I, and I, I can't express how, how much everyone around me inspires me and how, you know, something like that conversation really, really, you know, touches something profound and deep. And, and, and I want to, I want to talk about it. I want to, I want to let people know that they're not the only ones thinking this or having been through this or dealt with something like this. And, um, and also, like who I, who and what I spend my time on is very precious to me. I have, I have absolutely, uh, with an iron fist, taken control of that, especially as an adult now, because I didn't have that option as a child, and um, and so it's not by coincidence that I have good people around me. It is by design. It is by my own design, and I'm very, very particular about who and what again I spend my time on. And, um, with that being said, like I, I had a very unstable childhood. I've I've talked about it a little bit, um, in the past, but I had a father who was physically disabled. You know, he was able to provide financially, um, but you know, it definitely wasn't a regular home. And then my mother was an alcoholic and also a drug abuser and was not around a whole lot. And when she was around, it was very chaotic. And so I had a very different perspective growing up on mental health, especially compared to the way I view things today. Um, And so when I was a child, I remember this quote. I remember this quote and it was by Frederick Douglass. I was probably 10 or 11 maybe when I I saw this quote. And you'll notice that that's kind of a theme with me. I I tend to to really like quotes and stories and things because it just makes more sense to me and helps me kind of understand and walk through things. And so this quote by Frederick Douglass goes, it is easier to build strong children than it is to fix broken men. And as a younger person reading that, I remember being like, okay, you know, I saw broken people in my life every day. I saw, you know, case in point, my mom, I was like, and so I read that I read that quote and and I read it, (laughs) I I had a skewed viewpoint because I was young. I read it and I saw 
If I don't want to be a broken adult, then I need to be a strong child. And I was like, you know, I kind of, I kind of went with the, uh, with the thought process of like, you can't have a glass jaw. You got to put your shoulder to the, to the stone and grind. Like you just have to be tougher. You have to do everything opposite of what they do. You know, so I was coping. I was teaching myself coping skills at a very young age. They just weren't, (laughs) they, they, they weren't all correct. You know, they weren't from the proper viewpoint. And then when I got older, I, I realized that, that that quote wasn't the author telling the child to be stronger, right? As I read it, and I'll, I'll, I'll replay it back to you. So I read it and it says, um, it is easier to build strong children than fix broken men. It took me a really long time to realize that like with the example of my mother being that broken adult, um, that it was because she had not taught or, or used positive coping skills for her past trauma as a child. And that's why she was so broken. Right. So I didn't realize till later that my mom just, you know, she, she decided to become a broken person because she didn't use the proper, you know, to her coping was, you know, she coped with her childhood trauma by, you know, drugs and alcohol and other things. And so it just, it took a while to figure that out. And so when I was that younger person, I was like, ah, just everything that they did wrong, I did opposite. So my mom used the coping skill of drinking. I wasn't going to drink. My mom used drugs. I wasn't going to do drugs. And so like, it was a great way of how not to be. And I always have been a look at the glasses half full because I, I would rather be happy than miserable at the end of the day. You have two choices. You can either try to do your best to be happy or you can do whatever the heck it is you want and be miserable. And I saw how miserable people were by using coping skills that were bad for them, right? So like I saw how drinking, even though it helped them get, you know, give them a little relief for just a very short period of time, I saw how it was you know, in the morning she had a headache, how her face was puffy, how she was, you know, she didn't feel well, she was sick, and then she needed to drink more in order to maintain, you know, (laughs) not having a splitting headache, right? And so I was, I started to see these things and it took me a very long time and a lot of trial and error to to realize that I, I didn't, I wasn't doing everything um, in the best way, right? I was very, I was like, oh, that person's just not tough. And I used to, like, I didn't, I originally didn't, I didn't, I didn't believe in mental health crisis. I believed that you just needed to be tough. Um, you know, and, and I was like, I was very tough. And, um, but again, it was, it was my outlook. It was the fact that I was using positive, coping mechanisms. And I didn't even realize it. I didn't realize that I had self-taught myself to use positive coping mechanisms in order to affect my mental health positively. Right. I didn't, I didn't realize this as a kid. I just saw that I didn't want to be miserable. I wanted to be happy and I'd rather do everything they weren't doing so that I wouldn't be like them. Um, so I want to tell you guys this story and, and I know you're like, well, you're not even talking about (laughs) jujitsu. I'm trying to give you where it's very important for us to understand like the root cause of things 
and then how positive outside things like the martial arts, like jujitsu can truly, truly affect positive change and, uh, and help you become a more stable and mentally healthy individual. And, um, and so the story goes like this. It is a Native American story, and it's an elder who gathers around all the young people in their tribe, or you know, in his tribe. And he tells the children, he says, you know, there is a, a battle, there are two wolves uh, raging a battle inside of us all the time. And he said, and one wolf is anger and fear and hatred and disappointment. And that's what that wolf um, needs to be fed in order to survive. That's, that's what it eats. And then he says, there's another wolf inside of us. And that's love and appreciation and forgiveness and happiness. He goes, and that's what that wolf needs to eat in order to survive. And one of the children, they raise their hand and they say, well, which one wins? And the elder looks at the child and he says, it's the one you feed the most. And I was like, oh, right? Because what we do, even who we hang out with, what we eat, what we read, you know, what we listen to, it all has an impact, positive or negative, on ourselves, on our lives, on our emotional, physical, um, spiritual selves. And so... It's very important that you are very aware and conscious of what it is you are, you know, just like you would do to your child, right? You don't feed your child junk food all the time because that's not good for them. You have to do that same thing with our with yourself. And and I feel like we tend to to leave ourselves on the sidelines a lot, especially as adults and and there is a mental health crisis in our society today. Um you know, a lot of people will chuck it up to multitude of different reasons and we could be here all week talking about it. But I think in my very humble opinion, I think that a lot of it has to do with the fact that we lead very sedentary lifestyles nowadays. Um, you know, you need to get to work, you drive a car, you go to work and you sit eight hours a day, you come home and you're so um, exhausted mentally from your day that you have very little, you know, drive to want to do anything else, right? Other than veg in front of the TV or, or do something. And it, and it, it promotes a very lazy lifestyle and we're not meant to be this way. And I, it is scientifically proven. It is a scientific fact that when you exercise and you work out, your body produces something um, called endorphins. And endorphins are the body's like natural happy pills. It helps you feel more calm, more relaxed, more focused, you sleep better, and overall are more healthy, not only physically, but mentally, emotionally, um, when you are more active. Because your body is stronger. My husband just hurt his knee not too long ago. And he, you know, he went to the doctor, he's doing the follow-up, he's seeing the physical therapist. And they're saying, look, we need to strengthen everything around your knee, every muscle around your knee so that you are less, you are less prone to injury in the future. 
So how do we prevent or help stop future injury is that we make sure that everything else is strong, you know, in total. And we have to do that by not only making sure that uh, Cyril has this saying, right? And, and I love it. And he's like, you know, you got to be able to read, write, think and fight. Read, write, think and fight. So you need to take care of everything. You need to make sure that you're, you're reading stuff, you're listening to music, you're getting into things that you really, really like and enjoy, but also that you have some type of activity, that you are physically active in any sport that's tennis swimming um you, you know like i i guess bowling if if uh, you know but you got to do a lot in bowling <laughs> so but i would i would really highly recommend getting into some type of sport and why jujitsu this is where we're getting to to jujitsu and mental health is in my opinion one of the best physical activities you can do for your mental health is because jujitsu it's it's just a cut above the rest, right? Jiu-jitsu forces you to be super honest with yourself. You cannot lie. We've talked about that. You cannot lie in jiu-jitsu. You either can or you can't. You're either good at something or you're not. And it forces you to take a look at yourself and be honest every single time you're on the mats, right? And then you grow and develop. I mean, you could get you could get good at doing an arm bar by making sure that you're consistent in your training and you're coming in and you're you're you know you're putting time and energy in it and you can see the progress, right? And and that's what we need because sometimes you you know you read a book and you don't really have a gauge on how much you've learned. But in jujitsu, right? Like like if you don't do the choke right, you're not choking someone out. You're not you're not finishing the technique. And so you have to learn it and you see you you see the benefits of what you've you know, you you've reaped what you've sown essentially. And so that's why I like jiu-jitsu. Also, I think jiu-jitsu gives us a very very <laughs> good way I was talking to a parent about this. I was like, "Look, I try to tell like teenagers and younger children sometimes when, when they get a little frustrated or they get upset or they get, I said, look, you know, like you're coming into a place where we know how to choke you. We know how to arm bar you. We, and we do it to you and you have to actively defend it and get out of it and escape it on someone who knows how to do it. And, and getting choked out versus that math test, it just, it feels like it, it puts things into perspective. I'm like, you know, that job cannot be as challenging or as stressful. And and there is good stress and negative stress. Like there's positive stress and there's negative stress. Everything is a stressor. Everything is. Doesn't matter if if you found out that you got an extra $100 in the bank or if you found out that you're negative $100. Like it's stress. It either affects you positively or negatively. And it's also how you allow it to affect you because bad things are going to happen. Bad things will happen in your life. This is a hundred percent given. It is how you respond to these things that are the biggest factor in how it's going to play out, right? If, if, if you get a blown tire and you are just so negative, so down about it, it affects the rest of your day, the rest of your week, right? It affects your relationships with your children, with your family, with your significant other, with your work partners, because they got to deal with you when you finally get back to work, right? Whatever the, 
whatever the situation is. But if you're like, if you, if you look at it from a different perspective, you're like, all right, this is just something that happens that I need to handle. I need to deal with, and I need to do it as quickly and efficiently as possible. Right. And jujitsu forces you to do that. You can't sit there and flounder. You can't sit there in your own misery and be like, oh, woe is me. Someone come save me. Jujitsu forces you to save yourself or tap. When you are overwhelmed, it forces you to submit, to be like, okay. And sometimes that's a good thing. Knowing when to, to, hey, I need to reassess. Hey, this is too much for me. I need to look at it at a different angle. I need to call in reinforcements, right? And so it just forces you to be so honest with yourself that when things get overwhelming, you can you can step back and you can reevaluate. It, it forces us to do this on the fly. And so all it does is help us become more physically and mentally tougher in not only, you know, training ourselves not to be choked out and armbarred, but also in, in life overall. Um, I can't tell you how many times I have, I have parents be like, wow, they're doing so much better in school. They're so much, they're so much more confident. They're less stressed. They are happier. They smile. They engage with people more because they don't have this this fear, this anxiety any longer because they are like, Hey man, I get, I get choked out by people who know how to choke people out. (laughs) You know, like, like playing on the playground and this guy messing with me, it doesn't affect them as much because of that, that strengthening of your mental, you know, self, your mental health, um, is become fortified. And uh, like, so last night, and this just, this reinforces, this reinforces that, that I'm on the right path, right? Cause I'm telling you that it, it helps my mental health as well. There are times because I am a bigger individual that I have a hard time. Now there's some health stuff going on behind that. And there's some reasons behind it, but I try not to make that like, Oh, this is why I, I try not to make an excuse. I try to do the best with what I got. Right. And so, but just just proving to me, you know, God, the universe, whatever, they're telling me, hey man, you're on the right path, keep it up, you're doing okay. Um, stick to your guns, keep keep on trucking. Um, is that last night we were talking about the importance of jujitsu on youth, right? Youth and women, and, and everybody in general, but especially on the more vulnerable of our society. And, um, and we were kind of going back and forth. There was like three or four people in the room. And as, as uh, you know, and it's later. And a woman was walking out of, we have like, we're right next to a bar and grill. And she was walking out and she walks past us, stops, turns around, comes back, opens the door. And this lady had not heard any of our conversation, did not know what we were talking about. But she, she stops and she says, hey, I just want to let you know that you guys, this is not a waste of time. And she goes on to tell us how she has a, a, you know, a younger female family member and the female family member had been training and was accosted, um, at a gas station. She told us like at, at somewhere and how her training saved her life. And so, and she looks at us and I had goosebumps 
because we were just talking about the importance of self-defense for children and, and women. That's what we were talking about before she opened that door. And, and she just goes, she goes, you know, this isn't a waste of time. Thank you for being here. And then she goes about her merry way. Like she doesn't sit and have a conversation. She shuts the door and she gets, she goes to her car and she leaves. And like all of, all of us in that room were just like, can you believe that just occurred? Like, wow. And and I think that, I, I think that the universe, that God, they give you these signs that you're on the right path. They just reinforce that you are doing right. And it just, it, it blew my mind, like really, really put me in, in just such a grateful, um, humble place last night because I was like, wow, it just, I just need to keep moving on. I need to, to continue to strive. And, and when it comes to your mental health, why would you, why would you not do something that's good for you? All right. Unless you're at a crappy school, like, God, that sucks when you, when you're out of school and I've, I've been there, I've seen it. And I can't tell you how many students have come to us and are like, oh man, I went to this other place. And yeah, that absolutely sucks. But if you're at a good academy, like I, I can tell when someone's having a bad day. I had, I had a kid come in yesterday and you could just tell that they were off. You can tell they were having a bad time. I checked in with them. I rolled with them. I, and, and there are times, right? And, and like the, the more of a in my opinion, like the really good jujitsu practitioners are really good ones. And I watch some of these guys, right? You have some people who are very ego focused and very, you know, but the ones that are really, truly good, they, they have fun and they engage with the student and they try to develop and grow the student. And so they're not out to, to tap every single student. And, and I've seen that on the mats and I've tried to take that into consideration and also use that as part of my teaching methodology is that a lot of times I don't, I'm not very aggressive with a lot of, you know, most of the time I train probably about 85% of the time when I train now, I'm not very aggressive. Um, I'm more, I'm more reactive and I want them to learn, develop and grow. And so at the end of the class, right? And yeah, you know, like, like I, um, you know, I threw a cross choke and I did this and I made sure I was being honest with them. I never, I never wanted to give them a false sense of confidence. I wanted them to be, I wanted them to know honestly what was happening. Um, but at the end of the class, they come up to me and they're like, wow, I just feel so much better. I was having a rough day. I feel so much better. I'm like, good. I'm glad because I saw that you were having a tough go at it. And I'm glad that jujitsu was able to help you kind of work through that. But we need that. Like people don't think that we do. And we, we need that outlet. We need that. And, and going back to uh, like my personal thoughts and processes and stuff, I had to go work at a mental health department in order to realize, and there are lots of things that I did not agree with at this facility. Um, I am very much a proponent of first you know, seeing what has caused the root of the issue, the trauma, the, uh, you know, the dysfunction, where, why we find ourselves where we are now, and then what we can do without medications and stuff like that first. And if we find out that we still do need assistance, and it's not shameful to admit that you might need that, um, then you can take those steps. But I think that 
A lot of times, unfortunately, there's just such a need right now that they're doing it in reverse. They're trying to get people stable and then hoping that they fix stuff where what happens as soon as people are halfway stable, they, they're like, okay. And then they become dependent on things that they shouldn't be as dependent on, you know? Um, and I, and that's a whole like that we could, we could spend a month talking about that. But, um, when I was a kid, I, I was very much a, you just gotta be tough. I didn't believe I did not believe that there was like depression. I thought depression was this fake made up excuse. And then I had children and I realized that postpartum was a real freaking thing. I realized that it was, that it completely changes your mental makeup, the chemical uh, reaction in your brain. Like, like I realized that that had truly honestly affected me. And what I did is instead of, and I'm not saying that everybody should do it. I'm saying that that's what I did. Um, is that I realized that instead of using medication to help, I changed other things. I was like, okay, so what is, what's creating the stress? What's creating this, this anxiety and how can I, how can I deal with it? And I immediately started getting right back into being physically active. I made sure that I was around very positive individuals. I made sure everything that I was doing, watching, listening to was positive right? Because I remember, oh goodness, I think I was watching an animal documentary and I just had my, my second daughter and I was watching and I wasn't watching like the cutesy fun stuff, like the babies. And I was watching a cheetah track down a baby Impala. And, and, and I remember just being a hot mess, right? (laughs) And I was like, well, why are you watching this stuff? Why are you watching it? You think it's you think it's educational. And yeah, it could be educational, but right now is not the time for that. And so immediately I was watching positive things. I was listening to good music. I wasn't listening to like, oh, you know, I'm all in my feelings, F that, hate this, you know, uh, I hope this dies, you know, like I wasn't listening to everything that I was doing had become positive. I was training more, I stayed with my husband more, and I told my husband too, I was like, look mentally I'm a hot mess right now. I need, I need, I need help. I need reinforcement. I need to affect positive change. What I was eating had changed. I wasn't, I had, you know, I've never been a soda drinker, but I was a big sweet tea drinker for a long time. And I was, I was like, you know, I even changed what I was drinking. I was like, man, I can't drink so much sugar anymore because it gives me a crash. And that might be affecting my mood because I understood like how, how, um, how chemical makeup works and all this kind of stuff and how you can affect change in your, in your mental health through, you know, what you eat, what you put in your body, what you experience, like it all counts. And so, um, dude, I started training jujitsu and I just felt so much better. Like I started to, to stabilize. I started coming out of that dark place and I was like, wow, like I just, I can't express how much jujitsu and martial arts, of course, like without martial arts as a child, I don't know where I would be today. I really don't know because I did not have, I didn't have structure. I didn't have, um, discipline a lot in the home. Like my dad, you know, like, you know, don't touch the hot stove. It'll burn. You know, I figured that kind of stuff out for myself, but my dad wasn't this huge, like, you know, here's the rules, be in bed by eight, like do this kind of stuff. Like, you know, just, just don't get put in jail. Like, you know, that was kind of my dad. He was much more laissez-faire. He was very much, 
um, a man who had never raised children by himself before. And now he found himself physically disabled and raising two daughters um, who were very young. Like that was just, you know, to him, he had been raised like, you know, where a woman was always in the household and all that kind of stuff. And so while there was love and all that kind of stuff, there wasn't a lot of structure. And so I didn't have that growing up. And when I found the martial arts and that warrior way, I was like, wow, there, there's my structure. And we, we seek that, like people don't realize, but especially women, we seek security and safety. Um, even though somebody might, you know, they might complain and moan and groan about what I'm saying, but it's true. Like we, even children, even, even, even males as younger people, they want that safety and security and they need the structure. They don't even realize it. And if I let my kids not train for a week and I don't give them bedtime for a week and I let them eat crap all week, guess what happens to my children? Their mood changes, they get grumpier, they get all out of sorts. Um, A lot of times I see that they will, they're more prone to falling ill. You know, like they'll get a cold a lot easier. Um, And just all across the board, they're just, they're lethargic, they're not feeling great. They, they cry at the drop of a hat and then, which is, I mean, like we've been traveling or, you know, doing something, we're on vacation and all of that goes out the window, right? Like waking up, going to bed early, you know, waking up early, brush, doing all the things that we need to do. All that goes out the window for a little bit and I see how it affects my children. And then when we get back on the, on the wagon, so to speak, uh, my kids immediately, you can just kind of tell that there's been this weight lifted from them and they are now more um they're less stressed they're more calm they're much more you you know active and engaged happier overall and this is the same thing with us and and we need to see that and we need to see how sports and jujitsu can and and if you've been bit by the jujitsu bug you know what i'm talking about like you're in this and you got a good academy, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You, This resonates with you. You're like, yeah, I've had a really crappy day. And um, so <laughs> one of my other mentors and uh, martial arts instructors, he was, he was one of my kickboxing instructors. His name was Joe Lewis. Uh, I was, I ended up uh, becoming a second degree black belt under Joe. And, um, and I remember him telling me one time, he goes, tell me no, show me. He goes, show me who you hang out with, Nat, and I'm going to tell you who you are. And I was like, and he was very, very straight, very to the point. You know, hey, what's so funny? That was one of his lines. And um, and I remember, I remember being like, well, dang, I kind of hang out with some ragtag individuals, right? It was, it was, it was me. It was Ciro. It was like a lot of our. It was Eddie, his brother. It was, it was a, a group of individuals. And and even though we were ragtag, like we were very much, um, like loyal to each other, focused on development and growth, becoming better. Like I remember like Ciro and and Eddie and all these guys were the ones who pushed me towards jujitsu, who brought me and I've talked about it on another episode. He was like, Hey man, we're going to go, we're going to go to this thing called karate college. We're going to go see this guy named Henzo Gracie. Oh my God. It's so cool. And so like they were the ones that led me on the path that I'm on and I'm so happy and grateful, but you know, jujitsu has just, I mean, I leave such, I lead such an amazing life because of jujitsu. And I cannot tell you how many people have come 
into our academy and their lives have been positively affected through jujitsu and how it helps in every aspect of your life, be it mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, like it just helps all across the board. And so why wouldn't you do something that assists, that helps, that makes better your overall mental health, you know? So please (laughs) take a chance on it. If you haven't tried jujitsu yet, I, I highly recommend just, you know, signing up for just a month. Be like, hey, I only want to do a month and, and tell me and and log it, like like write a journal, talk about it. I love those YouTube videos that I see sometimes of someone being like, hey, I tried jujitsu for 30 days and this is how it affected me. This is how this is how, you know, it it ended up going down. And that is fa- I love those things, uh, you know, um, but I will leave it there. I really think that it's important that we become the authors of our own books. We, we need to understand that we are holding the pen. And so you are the one that can affect positive mental change in your life. And you can do that through jujitsu. You know, it's, it's not the end all be all, but I promise, I promise it's going to help. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed. I'll catch you on the next one.